0: Hey everybody, welcome to Bible study. So good to see all of you, glad you're here and open our time in prayer, get started. Heavenly Father, thank you for a good night. It's good because you're here. We ask God that you would lead us and guide us tonight, pray that we would have an open heart an open mind and open ears, open eyes to receive all that you want, really to pour out and to say and to do in our midst. So, God, have your way. Pray that your word would be opened up to us. Pray for new understandings tonight. We pray for revelation tonight. We ask you, God, that we'd really hear your voice in our life, in our situation, in this moment. God, I pray that uh, you would speak directly to areas of need, areas, God, where we require your wisdom, we need your wisdom, whether we know it or not. So, Father, we ask for your hand on our time, and we pray, God, that you would help us as we move forward in you uh, to uh, glorify you and to show you the appropriate respect and honor that's due you. We give you thanks tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, uh, we'll open up to Psalm 103. If you need a Bible, you can find one on the table. Uh, this is just a reminder. Also, that as you're opening up to Psalm 103, that we have an interactive feature with our Bible study uh, through a website www.speakpipe.speakpipe.com/slash all one word Monday night Bible study. Uh, so, if you'd like to join us uh, by that means, if you're in a different place, different time, and you have a question, you have a comment, you have uh, something that you like clarification on, or you just want to say hi, we'd love to hear from you, uh, especially if you're uh, you're listening to us in a different country, and you'd like to let us know where you're at, we'd love to hear from you. Tonight we have uh, a message from Thailand, and so I'll play that for you. Hi, it's Kaylin, and we are meeting for Kinship, we're having a game night. And we thought of you guys and wanted to just say hi, so I'm going to pass the phone around. Saadiya! So hi, everybody! It's Guy here! Hi, everybody. You me? All right, that's us. We're going to go eat some popcorn and eat some snacks and hang out now. Yay! Everybody. <laughs> Bye! Miss you guys. Bye! Okay, so that was from Kaylin. And some people that were at her kinship—they've uh, just recently started uh, meeting at, right at on the university grounds. Uh, before they were meeting at what was called the Sports Authority, which is adjacent to the university, and uh, they recently started—they moved right onto the university grounds. And there are tables and lights and all kinds of uh, things there. Also, there's a canteen that you can eat at. And so I saw a picture of their game night where they had set up. On one of the picnic tables, or having games and fun. So, if you couldn't understand, that was uh, Kalen, and that was Goy, I believe, and me were their names. And so they were saying hi to us. So, hi, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, great to hear from you, and thanks for checking in with us. Okay, Psalm 103 and verse 4. Someone like to read that for us tonight. Thanks. All right. <clears throat> and, I, and I wanna uh, look at that. I don't does anybody else have a different translation than that? Who you your life from the pit and crowned, you with love and compassion? Good. Alright, that's a little fuller as you're hearing those words, uh, a little bit more. Somebody else? Anybody else have a different translation of those two? Because the words used in here have a lot of rich meaning, and so a lot of times whoever's translating, whoever's interpreting what's being said, uh, they will use a different word because they just pick another facet of the word that's being used in there. Anybody else have one? No? Okay. So as we're reading that, uh, it talks about the pit, and some translations have that as the grave, or some translations have that as uh, death or whatever and it literally means the pit what's the pit anybody know what it could be what else is the pit what's a literal pit what is it it's a hole in the ground right and what do you keep in the pit trash could be sand yeah could be what's that you could when, when Joseph's brothers were trying to get rid of him, what would they do with him? They threw him in a pit, in a pit right? And, and so then they kept him in the pit. He couldn't get out. They just kept him in the pit until some Egyptian traders came along. When the Egyptian traders came along, they sold him to the Egyptian traders, and they took him over to Egypt. But they, they held him there in the pit. And we have different, there's different uses of that word. We have idioms in English that have to do with the pit, right? You ever hear anybody say things like, oh, this is the pits, right? Yeah, see, the pit is not a nice place. It's not a favorable spot. It's somewhere very unfavorable. It's somewhere dangerous. It's somewhere that normally leads to something worse uh, bad things happen in the pit and if you've ever fallen into something like that you, you kind of know what i'm talking about and uh, i was just reminded of a and i think i told this story in church or something but i was out hiking with some people we were out in a we were on a mountain that i've climbed a number of times the guy that i was with he's in his 70s and he's still doing winter hikes in the Adirondacks, climbing the high peaks. And he'd been, I think, on this mountain, he told me 24 times in the winter. It was his 24th ascent up this mountain. Uh, it was probably my fourth, maybe, or fifth. And so we had started out and it had been snowing, and so we were pretty much breaking trail. So we were snowshoeing, but we found a trail as we are going of some people that had gone in front of us. Now, it wasn't like a packed surface, but at least people had gone through it already, and we weren't trudging up to our thighs in fresh snow. And So we started following these tracks, and we got to a cup. We were going to take this adventurous way up the mountain, if it had been a better day. Uh, and so we kind of followed these tracks to the cutoff, and it was either we are going to go this way up the adventurous side, or we are just going to take the way that we... Would know, normally go up there, so we said, "All right, we'll just go up the normal way." So we followed these tracks the whole way up, and ended up catching up to the people that were in front of us. <laughs> and and they were very—I um, don't know how to describe them. They were a couple, an older couple, not super old or anything, just an older couple. And they had all the best equipment. I mean, really nice stuff, like snowshoes and jackets and hats and and poles, trekking poles and they had like really good stuff and and so it was like wow that's impressive you know and they had broken trail pretty much the whole way so we benefited from them going ahead of us and so when we caught up to them we were kind of getting up toward moving toward the top of the mountain we're like hey can we help you can we go ahead and do that well it turns out the reason we caught them is they had been lost for i don't know how long I didn't know where they were going because there's no trail when it's there's that much snow and so the guy's like well i'm sure we can find it but if you guys know you know we'll we'll let you go ahead i'm like yeah this guy over here he's been up here a few times he can he'll figure it out we'll figure it out and and these people had never been on the mountain in the winter time before this particular one so so i you know i've been up there a few times matt had been up there a few times whatever and so we're looking at a trail and so matt takes the lead you know i'm breaking trail a little bit but he's taking the lead and and the guy looks at me, he's like, You sure this guy knows where he's going? I'm like, Yeah, I am actually. <laughs> he's like, Well, I just don't think this is the way. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Well, you can go whatever way you want. This is the way I'm going. Yeah. And, and and the poor guy's wife was like, Honey, honey, shh <laughs> These people are trying to help us out, you know, like they're trying to they're us." So we get up, going toward the summit. It is driving snow, super, light, like, strong wind, really, really cold, like the kind of cold where your face freezes. And it's just wide open, and we're up there. And, and, and so Matt was ahead of us, and he was kind of traversing the way. We were about to get up onto the ridge. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at him, looking at him, looking at him, and he just disappeared just disappeared I'm like all right that's probably not good so I I came up behind him and and as I'm walking up I just see a hand coming over the top where the snow was he fell into a hole and these holes form on top of mountains where there are trees and they're they're just they're traps they're called traps for a reason because you're just walking along everything's good and all of a sudden boom you're just down in this trap and so when you try to claw your way out of it it's snow right and so it just crumbles down in on you. And so effectively, you're trying to crawl out of this thing, but you're burying yourself. And the heavier you are, the worse off you are. It's, it's harder to get out the heavier you are. So he's a light guy, you know, he's just a little guy. And so he was kind of crawling his way out by the time I got there. And, and we got out and then kind of marked that, went around it. Got up on the ridge, this big guy that has, was complaining the whole way. I left out a lot of complaining. I, I didn't even share it with you. This big guy, he's, he, we get to the top, we're on the ridge, we're walking, and all of a sudden this big guy just falls through one of those things. And just boom, right? I mean, just gone, right? So he he goes down and snow covers snowsho- covered his snowshoes. And so he can't move his legs. And he's in a pit. And so we gave him, gave him a couple suggestions, which he promptly ignored because he was going to figure it out. And meanwhile, he's just burying himself worse. So the guy that I'm with, Matt, is like, eh, he'll figure it out. Because he was complaining so bad, he just wouldn't want to deal with him. He's like, he'll figure it out. And he just kept going. And I'm sitting in the guy's wife is like, she can't do anything. She's trying to help him, but she's going to fall in. So I just started digging him out. I just started digging him out, digging him out and making, like, a path so that we could get him uncovered and get him moving out of the pit. And so finally, after a while, I don't know how many minutes passed, freezing cold, everything just dug him out, and he was able to get up out of the pit. And and so we went, we kept going, we kept going, uh, I don't know, maybe 40, 50 yards. Boom, he fell through again. And so we dug him out again. And... <laughs> And don't you know, we get him out and we're, we're making our way up to the ridge. And he says to me, are you sure he knows where the top of the mountain is? Uh I'm like, um, yeah, I'm sure. I am sure. And so, you know, we made it up to the top and at this point, I looked at the guy I was with and he looked at me and I'm like, all right, well, good luck. See you guys later and just left and the only reason i'm telling you this story i'm sure he made it back probably but the reason i'm telling you this story is that the pit isn't where you want to be in fact the pit is dangerous the pit is on those kind of things that's where you freeze to death that's where you get buried in, and you die and, and that's a, like a real story from real life, all right? But we face pits all the time. And we have someone, we have a redeemer, Jesus, that he redeems us from the pit. And, and I think it's interesting that we have a capacity as people to fall into a pit, be redeemed out of the pit, and just keep complaining. We have that capacity. I have that capacity. You have that capacity. We all have that capacity. That we, we can we could be in dire straits one moment and know we're helpless, but get redeemed out of something, and the next moment just turn into a, a, just a wicked complainer. It's shocking how that happens. It's shocking that that's who we are. It really is. It's shocking as who I am. Or any of us are. Because recognizing our helplessness, I think, is an awesome thing. Sometimes. I think it's really good sometimes to recognize that we're helpless. It's really good sometimes to recognize we need help. It's really good sometimes to even have to ask for help. God, help us. Gotta ask for help? Yeah. And I think that's good for us. And you know, that word redemption... It implies cost, right? And so redeeming us from the pit, it's going to cost somebody something. It is, and and we can either choose to recognize that and really be thankful. We can choose to recognize that and really find ourselves in a place of peace and rest, or or even in in some kind of a. An honoring situation where we honor the one who redeems us from the pit. Or we could just go right back to what we were doing before like a big complainer and, and whatever, find ourselves in a pit in about 40 or 50 more yards. Because everybody was walking in the same line that didn't fall into the pit. You know who fell into the pit? The guy doing his own thing. And you think you fall into one, you get redeemed out of it, gonna, gonna you're going to complain, you sure you know where you're going, you sure you know what you're doing, and then do your own thing, you fall into another one. You sure you know where you're going, you sure you know what you're doing, you're going to fall into another one. I don't think you know where you're going. Well, you obviously don't. And yet, there you are. And so I want to just leave that with you, and I and I want you to you know the pardon of sin in our life the pardon of sin in our life that restores us to God's favor all right and that the price has been paid for that it's been done and and so we recover from our folly we recover from our decay whatever you want to call it we get saved from that what's our response And I want you to think about that for yourself. You answer that question. You don't have to answer it out loud. But what's my response to that? I mean, seriously. Am I just going to keep complaining? Am I going to keep doing my own thing? Am I going to keep putting myself in that kind of peril? Am I going to keep doing the things that led me there? Or maybe, just maybe, I might listen. I might learn. And I might find it more profitable in my life and to not worry about doing my own thing and maybe following the footsteps of some people who've actually done it. I'm just saying. And so listen to that and and see where you're at and consider maybe there's something better for you. Because God's love, He's faithful. And when it describes you know, he crowns us with something in the Bible. It's it's all-encompassing. like it, it surrounds us. That's the idea of the crown. It goes around us. And it adorns us. That's another thing that a crown does. And so it encompasses and it adorns. And so you think faithful love. Well, faithfulness is something you can count on. You don't have to question it. If you have that idea of what it is to be faithful, it's to be counted on. That you don't have to worry about it anymore. And if you've ever been in a position where you've known someone or something like that, there's <laughs> something really powerful. Where if you could recognize it at least, there's something really powerful about that. Like I, I can I can eliminate this variable from my equation. Because God is faithful and God loves me. And so what happens if I do A, B, or C? Well, he's faithful and he loves me. Well, what happens if I forget about the other thing or, you know, I'm caught over here. What's going to happen then? Well, he's faithful. In other words, you can count on him. It's not in question and he's always there. You can remove that from your equation. His love is faithful. He is faithful. And he pours out a faithful love. He gives us a faithful love for our lives. There's something powerful about being able to remove that from the equations in your life. If you're willing to believe it. Because... I mean, we're going to make mistakes and we're going to mess up and we're going to do things that we regret. We're going to, there's going to be those moments in our life, but, and negotiating that and negotiating what it means to, 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 to live in relationship with other people. I mean, that's complicated enough for most of us, complicated enough to, to not only recognize we've done something wrong, but to ask for forgiveness of somebody, to, to actually make things right if we can. I mean, that's complicated enough. Then to add whether or not you're doubting or you're even convinced of the fact that God loves you, man, that, that's hard. That's really hard. And, and that's something that God, in, in his mercy over us, has made clear in the scriptures that we can factor that out of the equation. Does he love you? Yeah. He loves you. In fact, he is all-encompassing. He is adorning you in his love. That's, that's the crowning you thing. He's faithful. In other words, you can count on it. It's not in question. It's always there. It's available. And it's always present. No matter what you've done. And that's where the point of faith is for us. Is believing God that that's the truth. That's the truth. We in the Old Testament or New Testament? Anybody? What are we looking at here? Old Testament. Old Testament. Old Testament, New Testament, doesn't matter. All right? Doesn't matter. God's revealing himself as a God. He has faithful love over his people. An encompassing, adorning love that he wants us to live in. And so, as you look at this passage, it talks about not only his faithful love, but it also talks about his tender mercy and his every other blessing that we have, every other blessing that we're going to experience from God, they flow from those two things. They flow from his faithful love and they flow from his tender mercy. Everything else flows from that. And if you're going to believe or you're going to receive <laughs> all that he wants to pour out, you want to receive the blessings of God. Those are two things that you've got to get right in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. You've got to get right his faithful love and you've got to get right his tender mercy. Because every other blessing is going to flow from that. And if you don't believe that, if you won't accept that, if you've got a better idea than that, you think there's a different way than that, then you're not going to live in the blessings of God. You can't. You can't. I mean, even if he poured out blessings on you 24-7, you'd have a hard time receiving it because you don't believe in his faithful love and you won't accept his tender mercy. even if he was just pouring out blessings on you and he probably is but if you're struggling with his faithful love if you're struggling with his tender mercy you're gonna have a hard time receiving you just do you just do and and however it needs to happen in our hearts however it needs to happen in our lives Maybe we got to read more of the scriptures and let it just brainwash us to believe God at what he says. Maybe. Whatever it's going to take, it needs to happen. I believe God has some blessings for us. I believe God has some blessings for you and for your households. I believe God has some blessings for your family. I do. I believe it. But I want to be able to receive that. I want you to be able to receive that. I believe he has blessings for us as a church. But we need to be able to receive those blessings. And they're going to start with us believing that he's faithful in his love. He's tender in his mercy. And there's lots of it. There's lots of faithful love that God is pouring out. He wants to surround us in it. He wants to to, to put it on us like like he wants to adorn us in it. Like that people could even look at it and say, look, wow, that's really pretty. What is that? That's God's faithful love on me. I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it for everybody to see. I want everybody to see his faithful love all over me. I didn't earn it. I didn't make it happen. I didn't do, you know, X things, Y things, you know, Whatever. I, did, I didn't follow these steps. I didn't. I didn't. You don't know, have to do anything like that. He just poured out his faithful love over me, and he continues to be faithful in that love over me, even when I'm selfish, and I'm a jerk, and I mess up. He's still loving me. He really is. He's still faithful to me. See, he's faithful, even when we're unfaithful. For while we were yet in sin, Christ died for us. You see, his faithfulness isn't dependent on our performance. His faithfulness isn't dependent on on anything that we're somehow going to manufacture. He just is faithful. And he loves us and he's chosen to love us. So I was just talking about his, his tender mercies. There's a few verses, few other verses that we can look at. If you'll turn, keep your finger in Psalm 103, but Psalm 25, 6, anybody look at that? Yeah, I find that interesting too. Hey, like when so when did he start moving in in faithful love and tender mercy? When when did that start? Of old. And when you say something of old to God, how old is that? Yeah. That's of old. 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 That's of old. So, I mean, it this isn't a new thing, right? Did a new thing it's how god moves it's who god is it's how god has moved and continues to move okay try psalm 40 and verse 11. Now, I find it interesting that he calls it a protection, because it is. It is a protection. It's a protection that we, we live in an understanding, in a belief, in a truth that he's poured out. <laughs> What's the devil's full-time job? Anybody know? He does all that, specifically with the brethren. Right, he accuses the brethren. And that's he robs us, steals, and kills. But his full-time job is that he accuses us. And so, as the, the the person here writing the psalm says, he's like, I need your truth, I need your love, I need your mercy all around me. Why? Because it protects me. Protects me from what? Protects me from what the devil's been doing since the start. He didn't start that up in 1 AD. All right. <laughs> That wasn't the first time he thought of that. Oh, man, I should start accusing these people. He's been doing it. And so, and so he, the, the psalmist, he's like, yeah, well, we need the protection. We need the truth. We need it. And so, and so what do we need to remind ourselves of? He, well, he's faithful in his love and he's tender in his mercy. Always. And so if you can believe that and you can live in that truth, you protect yourself. You protect yourself. He, it, it protects you. But it's through your faith and it's through your belief. I'm willing to accept this. As I was preparing for this, I read a quote written by some guy who's way dead. But it was written over 100 years ago. And I'm going to read it to you. Lest you think that this is some new idea. Okay, here's what he wrote about these verses. He says, God is still forgiving. That's the first part of it. You ready? Then he said, as we are still sinning, and as we are still repenting, God is still forgiving. And that's the way he described it. He's like, this is an ongoing process in our lives. That God is forgiving, we're still sinning, and we're still repenting. The guy wrote that over 100 years ago. All right, this isn't a new idea. Just like God's mercy and God's faithful love is from of old. All right, these aren't new ideas. This is how God chose to reveal himself to his people. And somehow that revelation, somehow that understanding has been corrupted by lies. And they are demonic lies. And I don't care if your mama told you those lies or Miss Nellie, your Sunday school teacher, told you those lies or Mrs. Blackman, the lady who played the organ, told you those lies. They're still lies. No offense to Mrs. Blackman especially. God bless her family, whoever. What I'm trying to say is this, is that there's certain truths that God has laid out about himself, certain truths that we need to take hold of and certain truths we need to believe, if we're going to live in the blessing of God. And somebody didn't just make it up, somebody didn't just come up with these truths. It didn't just didn't, it isn't a modern understanding. It isn't something that just came about because people are trying to understand stuff. This is of old, of old. that God is faithful in His love and he's tender in His mercy, toward you, toward me. Yeah, but Andy, you don't know what I've done, doesn't matter. And you don't know what I said. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect God being faithful in his love and tender in his mercy. Well, I really messed up. Yeah, you did, probably. That doesn't affect God being faithful in his love and tender in his mercy. does not affect that one bit. Because the truth of the matter is, is the point of faith that we need to have in that. Does that mean God never corrects us? Sure he does. I expect him to, and I want him to correct me. But you know what is rattling around in my brain whenever the Holy Spirit convicts me of something, whenever I'm corrected about something, you know, it's just rattling in my head that God is faithful in his love and he's tender in his mercy. And I can count on that. I can count on it. Oh, I need to repent of something? I repent. Thank you, God, for being faithful in your love and tender in your mercy toward me. Thanks. I refuse to live under the condemnation. I refuse to live under the shame. I refuse to live under the accusations of the devil. I'll live under the conviction of the Holy Spirit all day, all night, every day. But I'm not going to live under the shame of the accusations of the devil. I will not. Because God's love is faithful and His His mercies are, are tender toward me. You know what the word tender means? Do you get it? What's tender? What does that mean? Gentle soft. Gentle, soft. I mean when meat's tender, it's easy to chew, right? yeah, and that he is tender in his mercy toward us. yeah, does that mean it's hard to get? No does that mean you got to really work at it like you're chewing on a piece of a bad piece of meat? No, no. It's tender. His heart is tender. He is tender towards us. His mercy is tender toward us. It's soft. It's ready for us to receive. I'm a jerk. He's not. I fail. He doesn't. I am unforgiving. Sometimes. He's very forgiving, ultimately forgiving. Be careful not to make God in your image because he turns out to be a real jerk when you do that. He does, and I hope you understand that. And if that's the best you got is, I'm going to see God, he must be like me. Nope, you got that backwards. He made you like him. You got corrupted, and now you're in a process of becoming more like Him. So don't make Him like you. Ever. Never. So Christ alone forgives, but Christ alone also heals. And and you think about the, the, the idea of loving kindness and tender mercies. You think about compassion, well, what's being described here is that his loving kindness, his tender mercy, his compassion is so abundant that, as I described before, it's a crown. In other words, it encompasses our life and it adorns us. That's how abundant it is. It's that huge, it's that big, it's that much. Is that it it surrounds us and becomes an adornment on our life. And I'm going to ask you this, and I want you to think about it. it. Do you have that much faith or that much understanding or that much acceptance of his mercy and his love over you that it adorns you? I mean, think about how much would it take for that to adorn you. And if you've ever met somebody that's really adorned in the love of God and in the compassion of God and in the mercy of God, you you know who you met there, all right, because it adorns them like a crown. It encompasses their life. It encompasses what they do. It encompasses who they are. And I've met, really, people of grace like that. I've met people of mercy like that. Well, well, I was just going to say, some have been old, but I've met people like that of all ages. I have. That somehow that revelation of God's love, that revelation of His mercy, became so real to them, they are utterly convinced of it, and it encompasses them and adorns them like a crown. There's something really powerful about that, and everybody can see it. It It's not just believers that can see it. Unbelievers can see it. People can see that and know it. And so I, I I would encourage us toward that somehow. And, and like I said, even if it's like we just, you gotta, you got to just spend some time brainwashing yourself about who God is and do it. But it's time for us to believe that because I believe it's time we enter into some times of blessing too. That, that we as a church begin to enter into some times of blessing. That we as individuals begin to enter into some times of blessing over ourselves individually and our families that we begin to minister blessing to our families, we begin to minister blessing to the people that maybe don't live in our house, but are family to us. To be able to bless them and be able to minister supernatural blessing upon them and upon their lives. It's, It's God. It's His will. It's part of His plan for us to be like that. I mean, He spoke over Abraham, over Abram. That through his seed, the whole world would be blessed. Let's start blessing. Let's start being a people of blessing. Understanding that all other blessings flow from the two things I'm talking about tonight. You're going to major on his compassion. You're going to major on his faithful love. You're going to major on his tender mercy. And all other blessings flow from that. Faithful love, tender mercies. All other blessings will flow from that. And he wants to fill you with such an abundance that it's a crown on your head. That it adorns you and encompasses everything you are. One of the versions I was reading about uh, about this verse, I was just reading the verses in it, it gave those two things. It said, your faithful love and your tender mercies and here's how that. Instead of saying that you crown me with those, the last line of it says, "It makes me feel like a king." <laughs> that's how they, that's how they interpreted that. That's how they translated that. That your faithful love and your tender mercies make me feel like a king. Yeah. You know, and back then, I mean, people wore a wreath or a garland on festive occasions. You know what I'm talking about. Like you ever see some of the old reliefs or statues and the person statue has kind of a garland around their head? Mm-hmm. All right, so that was an idea of a crown. But that means they were honored. Like if in the Olympics, in the old Olympics, the Greek, the Olympics, that they would give them a crown if they won and they would honor them and then everyone would see the crown. Look, they, they're honored. So those bay leaves weren't just for seasoning? No, no. No, they didn't just pick those out and throw them into the pot. No, 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 no. That was, a, that was a real honor to have that on. And people could see it. Yeah. People could see that. And they, they, they would they didn't understand. It was time of celebration. It was festivity. And, and it was during those kind of occasions that, that people would wear those type crowns. And I just really believe that, that living in His faithful love, living in His tender mercy, that's how we get filled with a new life and a new joy. And the idea of being adorned in that is an important piece on it. That we're adorned, we're honored in it. Somebody look at Psalm sixty-five, eleven. Alright, so read it again. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest, even the hard pathways will flow with the Alright, so what do you think that means? You crown the year. And then he describes what it is a bountiful harvest, even the hard places are made soft. What does it mean to crown it? Okay, that's part of it. What else are you doing with it? You're blessing it for sure. You're proclaiming it. In other words, you're making it obvious, right? Because you're crowning it. So there's a proclamation. There's a blessing. What else do you think? Uh Uh-huh. So when he says when you crown the year, does that mean just the the beginning of the year or is it the whole year? Right. And and the whole thing is, is, so again, the idea of the crown is that it is all around something. That's what it represents. You're protected. You're overseen. What else? Anything else you can think of? You're not escaping. It's just there. Yeah. And he's saying this is what the year is going to be. This is what the year is going to be. You think if you worked hard enough you can make the year suck? Sure. Even if he said I'm going to crown the year with all these great things, you think if you worked really hard at it you could make it so it's not so good? Well, sure sure you could totally work against the blessing of God over that year if you want to and you could probably make it so that you don't get such a great harvest how could you do that maybe I won't plant some many seeds maybe I won't work out in the field maybe I'll be lazy maybe I'll let the weeds grow up maybe I'll just say eh, whatever whatever and and I wonder you know that whatever attitude really that's not where the blessing is. If he's going to crown you with his faithful love and his tender mercy, you need to really believe it and participate in it. Okay? okay? We seem to want God to just, I don't know, hit us over the head and make us do stuff. And that's not how he does it. He's not like that at all. he He's really a... a I had a pastor, he would always say this. He was our campus pastor for a while. And he would always say "It's like, God's a gentleman in our lives. And he stands, he's ready to help, he's ready to do whatever needs to get done, but he's not going to force anything on you. And he's definitely not going to make you do something. And so if he's extending to us his faithful love, he's extending his tender mercy, and here it is, it's available. He's pouring it out. What's our part in that? We really need to believe it. And we need to participate in it. Like, I want that. I want that. And he crowns us with it. And he he gives us the opportunity to walk in that. That that adornment in our life of being crowned in in love, crowned in mercy. In our own lives. And there's something powerful about that. Even when people come up like, well, yeah, but... You know, this, 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 and this. Or you be careful you telling people this kind of stuff. I'm not careful telling anybody this kind of stuff. Because God tells people this kind of stuff. Because it's been pro- proclaimed from of, of old. Of old. And, and lots of guys that came before me have been proclaiming this kind of stuff. Like I read that guy 100 years ago proclaiming this kind of stuff. I'm not worried about it. And I'm not being careful about it. I'm not being careful about God's mercy. I'm not being careful about God's grace. I'm not being careful about God's love for us. Because we need more, not less. You need to move in more of this than less. You need to move in more of His faithful love and His tender mercy than less. You need more of His faithful love and His tender mercy in your life, not less. Because I don't mean to, to be rude or anything, but you're sinning anyway. Alright? People sin. And, and whether or not you want to believe in His grace or you don't want to believe in His grace, that doesn't affect the fact whether you're going to sin or not. It's not. But the more you can accept of His faithful love, the more you can accept of His tender mercy, the better life you're going to live. Period. Period i'll read what that guy said god is still forgiving we're still sinning and we're still repenting that's what the guy said and those are the facts so not believing it not accepting it not not wearing that crown isn't helping you at all you need more of it i need more of it and to make this clear God isn't merely the source of blessing. He's not merely the source of blessing in our life. But there's something of beauty, there's something of dignity, and there's something of honor that's also being conferred to us in that crown, in in that faithful love, that adornment, that, that tender mercy. That Christ puts on us. I want to read those words again. There's something of beauty. And dignity. And honor. That's also being conferred. If we can receive it. See part, part of us. Just, we want to. We want to. Like, be the holiest person in the world. And then we'll get all that stuff. And Christ is saying, I give it to you freely. I'm going to earn it. No, you're not. You're going to fail. But Christ will give this to you. He'll confer this on you. If you just believe Him, that He did it. If you're just believing that the work has been done. If you're just believing that He's faithful and He loves you. you're just believing that He's tender in his mercy over your life. There's a dignity, there's an honor, and there's a beauty to that. In addition to the blessings I already talked about. And the door being opened to even other blessings through that. Anybody have any questions or comments? Nothing, in, not, nothing specific to this group, except for uh, I believe God led me to it. And, you know, as I'm working through the psalm, there's certain things that really strike me. And so those are the things that I share. Uh, I, I think that in general, uh, Christians have lost their identity in Christ. I, I think we identify with certain things about Jesus but we don't identify with certain super important things that he wants us to identify with. I think it's easy for us to identify with him as a teacher. It's easy for us to identify with him as a good man. It's, it's easy for us to identify with him as a moral person. I mean, the whole, you think about the whole movement, the what would Jesus do thing that happened a bunch of years ago with the bracelets and everything. I mean, that we're identifying with him in his actions, but we're missing some important pieces of, of who he is. And, one, and, and I believe that some of the important pieces of who he is, generations before us, I think they understood it. But I think that we've, in some ways, lost our way. And so getting back to Jesus and who he is as really our Savior even though everybody uses that word, what does it really mean? Well, it means he's faithful and a God of love and mercy. But really receiving that, living in it, and learning what it means to live in a certain beauty and dignity and honor as his people and finding that place. Not being afraid to be his people, not trying to hide that we're his people, but really living in the dignity and honor and beauty that he wants us to live in. And I think our world is increasingly trying to make it more difficult for us to do that. So there's got to be some counter truth, some, some some counter to it, some truth that is being spoken into our lives. Sorry. I remember that, what would you that's what I grew up in. And uh-huh. so it's- Behavioral, like modification, and just morals, and just, and rather than just living with who, like Jesus is as your savior, it became like this facade of trying to be perfect and, you know, be nice and do the right thing, and therefore the whole idea of a savior is like lost. That's right. for me, and that's kind of where we grew up in. So. Right, and that's that's not uncommon though, yeah. uh, and it's and it seems kind of weird because obviously the people that started doing yeah. that, that wasn't their no, intent. No, no. You know, it just became something else because anything that draws us from our, our need for a Savior that somehow satisfies our need for honor or satisfies our need for dignity by our own actions takes us away from a Savior. It does. Anybody else? All right. Well, thank you for participating in that. I want to take a few moments to pray. And I really just uh, I want to ask God over us, and I encourage you to ask him yourself, that if there's some areas where you really need to begin to change the way you're seeing things, ask him to do that. Really, he, he's God over your mind. And I mean, you've got, you've got authority over your mind, too. You have authority over what you decide you're going to believe or you're going to think. You have authority over that. And, and I want to encourage you to take some authority tonight. Because I really believe that we're in a position where we've got to really start believing what Jesus has done and who he is. If we're going to live in the blessings that he has for us and for the people around us. And as simple as that sounds, I think it's as simple as that sounds that we need to start believing Him for what He's done. So Heavenly Father, I pray for us tonight and I ask You that, I uh, first of all, I want to say thanks for getting us out of the pit. And You consistently get us out of the pit. And I ask You, God, that You'd begin to that we'd begin to leave behind some of the really bad ideas and some of the really bad attitudes and some of the really bad ways of seeing things and reacting to you and keep leading us into the pit. Because God, I, I pray tonight that we would begin to live more humbly in our life, recognizing our need for you, recognizing our failure on our own, and learning what it is to walk sometimes in the just the very footprints of the people who have come before us that we can trust and not always having to do things because i want to or because i'm going to do it my way or anything like that but i pray father that we can find ourselves in a peaceful place of really trusting you and and living in gratitude for your redemption over our life and walking humbly. I pray that your faithful love, that love that we can count on and it's not in question and always there, available, present, that that faithful love that we can factor it out of all the daily things that we face because it's just there and it's real and it's you. You love us. If if we do X, Y, or Z, you still love us. If we say A, B, or C, you still love us. You're still loving us. And your love, you are faithful in your love. And I, and I pray that we can accept that. We can receive that. We can believe you for that. Because you've declared it. Even from old, you're faithful. Even from old, you love us. That's not changed. It didn't change then and it hasn't changed now. You still love us and you're still faithful. So thank you for your faithful love. And God, we also thank you for your tender mercy tonight. And I pray we can believe that. We can believe you in your tender, tender mercies in our life. That you're still forgiving. We're still sinning. And we're still repenting. I thank you that you forgive, you heal. I thank you for your loving kindness. I thank you for your tender mercy. Your compassion that is so abundant. We can't even see the end of it. So God, I just pray we believe you in that. So God, I want to I live crowned in your faithful love and your tender mercy. That it encompasses me. And I want it to adorn my life. I want people that meet me to see it. I want people that, that run into me to, to, to be able to see that and to, and to understand it, God, just through my life. And So I ask that as a people that there would be something of beauty and dignity and honor conferred on us tonight. So I encourage you, just take a moment, your own experience, your own life, take that moment right where you're at. Take authority in your mind. Take authority on your thoughts, over your thoughts. Take authority over your emotions. Exercise some authority tonight about what you're going to think and what you're going to believe. And just receive some of that beauty and some of that dignity and some of that honor tonight. Thanks, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. God, we say thanks for your truth. Thanks for your truth. Let's make a positive statement that is, we believe you. Thanks for your truth. We believe you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Let's agree by saying amen. 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 God bless you. Thanks for coming. Good to see everybody tonight.